0: Hey, this is The Last Coffee House, and we are talking about a debate. This is going to be relatively a superficial analysis of this particular debate. I only listened to the opening statement from The Socialist, so I could get somewhat of an idea. So I might have to add an addendum to this whole deal, but... I just, after I heard the opening statement, I was gravely concerned, (laughs) so I just wanted to get some thoughts down related to this socialism versus capitalism idea. Of course, in the polls nowadays, uh, one recent poll that I saw had a pretty strong majority of young people in favor of socialism when I was an undergrad, it being a generally liberal vocation. The whole education thing. They definitely sold socialism quite heavily. And the primary thing that you see, of course, is the no true Scotsman fallacy that Venezuela wasn't really socialist, that the Soviet Union wasn't really socialist. All the countries that failed ostensibly had that kind of a system. were not real socialists because a real socialist would have worked perfectly fine. So I listen. This is Dr. Richard Wolf. The affirmative here is socialism is preferable to capitalism as an economic system that promotes freedom, equality, and prosperity. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a big topic that is. I mean, obviously, you could spend 10 years just trying to parse out what any one of those topics actually means, not only trying to figure out the system that best determines those things, but we could still do some philosophical parsing uh, just in the meantime to try to figure out where we stand. Okay, so the guy, Dr. Richard Wolf, he has this unbelievably like dire delivery, like he's imparting the most important truths that somebody could impart, but also shaming you at the same time for having an expectation that he needs to impart them. (laughs) It's, it's kind of a weird thing. Now, his opening statement, and it is an opening statement, so he doesn't go into much detail about anything. His primary assertion is that socialism says it can do things better than capitalism has, and he has three main criticisms of capitalism in general, and that's that it's unstable, that it's unequal, and that it's anti-democratic. Now, again, I mean, these are, it's a very superficial treatment of these things. I would venture to say, and this is, I mean, it's going on a limb, but not a very precarious limb him that no amount of time, I don't care how much you let him talk, that there wouldn't be much detail to any of the assertions that he's actually making when it comes to like a comparative analysis of socialism versus capitalism, either in theory or in practice. I think that it's just broad concepts and, you know, obviously economics is one of those disciplines, but I think it's just mostly broad concepts where you say, no, this would happen because I'm saying so and you can never check me out because these are so complex that you'd never be able to figure it out anyway. I mean, just starting with the first one, unstable. Of course, this, this presumes that there's another state that something could be in. Obviously, capitalists in general, they would love it. If they <laughs> if everybody was a perfect econ, then we wouldn't have instability. And people would know exactly what things are worth under the circumstances in which they are in. There wouldn't be instability. It's one of the things that capitalism does and is supposed to do to make sure that the resources get to the best people. And there's going to be spillage on every every which way when it comes to capitalism. So this is sure i'm sure that it's it's a valid fault instability but just to put it in terms of something that i'm sure given the seemingly generic liberal that he is i'm sure he would be okay <laughs> accepting uh something like the instability during the civil rights movement being unstable that was a period of instability uh, that led to something that was much better at the end result that's how things get better <laughs> iron sharpens iron and all that sort of thing so you're going to have instability because you have conflict you have Competition, But the question is, okay, uh, since there's instability, since it's not good for a person to lose their job, and the circumstances of that loss are usually at a time when a bunch of other people are losing jobs and a bunch of companies are not hiring anymore. So is there some better option for being able to do these things? Now, of course, the socialist, depending on what definition you want to use, the socialist idea would be to nationalize all the major means of production, corporations, etc. on the farthest end and just say, Okay, we are going to dictate who gets a job uh, and who doesn't presumably they would say that well We're gonna have a job for literally everybody under any circumstances and literally everybody is going to get paid I'm assuming the same amount, but uh, literally everybody is going to have a job and Resources at all times now in a closed fixed system with about three different factors uh, That's something that people might be able to pull off Uh, In a system like the economy that has hundreds of millions millions of individual actors that you don't even understand on an individual level not to mention international economies that don't adhere to the same rules and don't have the same interests and don't have the same values along with natural issues of availability of this food source versus that food source or this source of electricity or mobility or whatever versus that source you're trying to put all those things together and just manage them in by carrying them all at once you know, handful of of government bureaucrats and that's I mean pure insanity so as we go through like it's very difficult because he doesn't actually make any direct specific arguments about anything it's just kind of this vague I'm attacking capitalism and I think socialism would do it better when it comes to like instability so I'm not sure what the argument actually is how socialism apparently is just going to take all of these incredibly diverse and dispersed factors and just wrestle them all to the ground at once and say that well no this is how it's going to be. Like I know bananas should cost 50 cents or something like that based on all the supply and demand and nutritional value of bananas versus every other possible thing that you could buy or have or anything like that. I know all those things. So once I wrestle every single factor to the ground, all the hundreds of trillions of factors (laughs) that that impact what the value of things should be or shouldn't be or who should work and who shouldn't, who should do what kind of job. Once I wrestle all those things to the ground, then I'm going to be able to impart to everybody. Not being corrupt myself, of course, by any factor imaginable, whether it's uh, deliberate malice or greed or not being very bright or <laughs> just ignorance or anything like that. None of those things are going to impact it. I'm going to understand all of those things perfectly and it's not going to impact, after I've wrestled all the factors to the ground, how I divvy up all of the resources that are out there. It's such insanity. I, I can't even... Oh, so, the, But this is just the instability part of it. Okay, so how would socialism, how could a system work better? Again, the arguments are so not specific that it's very difficult to actually counter what necessarily is being said. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a hybrid uh, because nobody can decide when something is this complex, nobody's going to be able to really define out all of the possible iterations of what the definition of that thing is going to be. So, you know, somebody on one side says socialism is, is X, somebody on the other side, s- side says socialism is just being thoughtful about your neighbor or something like that. So it's it's really difficult to actually pin down uh, what the argument is on the instability and whether there's any better option. Like I said, with perfect information and everybody's a perfect econ, meaning they always act in their economic interests perfectly, then you wouldn't have instability. But even if you had that in this country, then you would need that in all the other countries of the world. And that's just... I mean, it's utopianism. It's it's pure, childish... Oh, what if everything was perfect? Great. No, thanks. And socialism from some top-down with a whole bunch of... Now, it's taking a whole category of information out. He... That's... I almost forgot to bring this up. He brings up this distinction between price versus value. As if there's some platonic value out there in the ether for whatever you're talking about. Whether it's a banana or a car or beachfront property. He suggests that there being a distinction between those things that there's some value out there that we just have to grab out of the air and decide that this is what the thing is valued and anything above or below that would be unjust like how? how the only information that we use to determine this this is based on you know the circumstances supply demand the individual interests of the person who's thinking about purchasing this thing the all the mechanisms that deal with competition when it comes to somebody who's trying to best somebody else in making something better more efficiently and better functioning all those things are information Information that are going into what the value the price of the thing should be so I don't know what he would say is are the factors that go into determining what the value of a thing is but for all of those things that I just mentioned uh, amongst a bunch of other things like how does a socialist just get to decide they would use the same things that we're talking about they would just do it much worse because it, it wouldn't be a million individual atoms that are functioning on their own looking after their own self-interest trying to figure out what's best for them and the competition and the history and all that stuff it wouldn't be all all those things working together to try to figure out what the value of this freaking banana is it would just be some government bureaucrat somewhere who's just deciding based on extremely limited understanding you know seven plus or minus two factors of what the banana should be worth it's oh my gosh i like it's barely worth having a conversation like this anyway obviously you have to show that it's your burden to show that socialism would get rid of the instability and provide the benefits that capital provides. So we'd have to weigh those values. I don't know how you make that case. I don't know what metrics you're going to use to try to make that case. And I don't know what values you're willing to sacrifice that capitalism provides that socialism wouldn't that would make it worthwhile. So say if you just get to, okay, by a flick of the switch, you get to make it a socialist country. Bam. Okay, now I've sucked out competition. (laughs) I mean, obviously uh, there could be gradations of this all the way down, but we're talking about this in ideological concepts. So socialism fundamentally, uh, it's either Either you suck out any aspect of competition that goes into the determination of all these things, or you have some kind of hybrid model that has pockets of competition. And why, if competition works here, why doesn't it work in many more places? Why, why, isn't, it that, why isn't that the modus operandi that we go with, and then we're just back in capitalism anyway? So I'm not sure what's being pushed here. <laughs> but the second category of criticism is even more ridiculous. It's, it's about equality the inequality the you know the wealthiest blah 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 people have blah 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 this amount of wealth that a bunch of other people don't have so where do we start where do we start fundamentally when it comes to determination i mean i've just i was listening one of the books that i'm reading right now uh, that i'm not too far into it but it's the basics of economics by thomas soul and he talks about this in the beginning <laughs> it's like uh if you have a limited amount of beachfront property how do you determine what's what are the ways that you determine who gets beach front property. You know, if people want that more than inner city property because you get to be by the beach because it's cleaner, because it's nicer and quieter and all that stuff. How do you decide who gets it? I mean, in a socialist system, what do you do? Do you just destroy all the beachfront property and <laughs> make all the same house uh, so that everybody gets to be equal? Oh, equality is such a ridiculous concept when it's applied to equality of outcome, which is what we're talking about here. And what about people with different sensibilities, different needs, with different family sizes, with different ideas about what's aesthetically pleasing or not you just make the same house and say we're all equal so you just have to deal with it but he specifically talks about he talks about how you know the disparity between the wealthiest and the unwealthiest uh... now i've talked about this before obviously the big question is not about the disparity between what i make and what jeff bezos makes the real question is the disparity between what people the lowest of the low used to have versus what the lowest of the low have right now that's much more important a person can make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year the difference between that and jeff bezos is ridiculous when it comes to net worth and yet the person making $120,000 a year is doing fine they're okay Uh, okay they they've got a car they've got a house they can feed themselves and their family there's no real issue going on here they've got retirement it's it's not a big deal so that's a big question and people because they think so simply about these things because they can only do seven plus or minus two and some people just two they think that oh well if if somebody has x (laughs) you know amount uh we could just Shave off the top and say, give it to somebody else, and that'll be perfectly fine. There is an incentive structure that is impacted so heavily by that method. Not only that, but it's a finite resource. The whole idea, like Elizabeth Warren was talking about this wealth tax, which is one of the most ridiculous things that has ever come out of a candidate for president ever. But people don't understand why it's so ridiculous. This is just a tax on people having wealth. This will, over time, degrade the number of people, not only the amount of wealth they have, but the number of people that have that wealth. And that's if all the people stick around and decide to pay this ridiculous on top of, so all of my assets have been taxed and my income was taxed already. Um, my estate is taxed when I die and try to give it to somebody else. On top of that, you're going to re-tax it. <laughs> by making me and at a whole bunch of administrative costs by making me determine how much wealth I have and then taking a chunk out of it so that I have less wealth and a lower tax base for you next year. What are you doing? That is such a ridiculous concept that is specifically designed to degrade over time and have less, get less over time. <laughs> Like, there's, you can't do that. If everybody sticks around, you're eventually... Like, you're you're skinning the sheep here. You're not going to be able to keep taking money out of that. Once once it's gone, it's gone. And then you have to figure out some other way to do it. It's barely a short-term way to pay for whatever the hell you want to pay for, let alone any kind of a long-term solution to anything. But I was, I'm talking about equality. So when it comes to equality, how do we do it? How do we determine? Like, in the one case, it's like, okay, well, now he specifically talks about the socialists uh, it's this new ideas that are coming out of socialism. It's not like what they used to be. We learned, and now we're doing better, at figuring out what we should do. So he talks about how people should be. Socialism needs to be imported into businesses, and this is the new big area: is that democratizing businesses so that the workers are directly involved in all the decisions that go on in a business? Are you insane? What are you talking about? Like really? It's just like okay, bam, we're a, we're a socialist business now. We we used to be governed by a board of directors and a CEO CFO. UFO, COO, all those people used to be the people who figured out what we were going to do. And now, what was your former role in in that horrible capitalist dystopia that we did have, that we jettisoned for purposes of our socialist utopia? What was your previous job well, I was a janitor. So we've got some issues with the suspension and the way that it works with the software because the suspension isn't lasting as long as it should and we think it's because the software is overutilizing it when it's going over bumps but we need to have a decent ride quality to make sure that people are comfortable in the unit when they're when they're going down the road uh, so how are we supposed to calibrate the software not only that it's it's pretty expensive to do all this kind of work on there so what what should we do about that he's like <laughs> I mean, he's like what <laughs> I love this because it's like like I worked at a law firm and there was a an office manager. The office manager made sure to kind of organize the way that the office functioned and she got a bunch of like the supplies, made sure the necessary supplies were in there, mail went in and out at the and was properly recorded and all that stuff. She knew virtually nothing about any substantive legal area. So should we be dragging everybody in and saying, okay, well, should we take this case? Can we get your assessment of how to do this case? The point of capitalism is trying to figure out where resources should go based on merit and trying to zone in on, okay, what are you good at? What are you good at? What are you good at? Let's figure out how to best utilize all the talents of the entire population. And we do that through, again, all these mechanisms, these natural mechanisms that send people one way or the other. It introduces them to a whole bunch of topics. Most people are average at everything. Some people are excellent at a few things. We've got a handful of brilliant people who are going to blow our socks off and a whole bunch of idiots at the bottom who aren't going to do anything anything So how, how do we sift through that? What's the filtering mechanism in a, in socialism? We just end up with bureaucrats or now you have people who, who's deciding if everybody makes the decisions at the company. So it's, it's literally everybody making a decision for literally every job to figure out who's going to be doing that. But not only do they have to do their job now, now they have to manage the company and determine who needs to be in each job or because he talks about when it comes to the fairness of like the distribution and figuring out ideas for where the company needs to go and all that sort of thing. So they need to be weighing in on all those ideas too and they need to be determining at every step of the way which employees best. Okay, and what what about a company where it's mostly <laughs> just bland idiots who don't know anything about anything and now suddenly they have a super massive majority on who gets voted to be the head of the company and I just, I mean, there are so many stupid things about trying to think in these terms. It's first, I mean, there's got to be complete projection uh, where it's just saying that, oh, well, I'm generally pretty intelligent, so therefore I can pretty much do any job in the... (laughs) in the universe so therefore i would have the capacity to be able to determine who should be doing a given job and i have the capacity for determining what's best for any given company so therefore literally everybody in the world has that same capacity and we can just democratize all the companies and not based on a metric of whether they're going to survive or their merit or if they do something better than another company but just based on what like a. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But just equality in general. Equality of outcome is the most fascistic idea you could possibly imagine. It's saying notwithstanding whatever freedoms you want to have or pretend you have or what you might or might not do or what you might or might not be interested in, how you may or may not use your time, notwithstanding any of those things, we're still going to put you in a particular place. That's what's going to happen. It's unbelievably fascistic. It's one of the worst ideas you could possibly try to advocate for any system of government. If you have any idea or any interest or any desire to maintain freedom in any modicum of sense of anything, equality of outcome is an chemical to freedom period the third thing he talked about was like anti-democratic and he's saying that you know first the money that goes into elections his primary issue like i already talked about was the democratization of democratization of the workplace and saying that capitalism is anti-democratic because there are a bunch of kings and the corporations who decide where it It's going versus not going. Of course, those kings aren't kings. Uh, They are, especially for big companies, beholden to shareholders, to boards of directors, to results. You don't get to be the king of a massive corporation if you're absolutely horrendous at it and the company fails. Now, the only asterisk that I put on (laughs) when it comes to the meritocracy, I've been reading this book, uh, Good to Great, I think it is, but he talks about how there's a lot of luck involved when it comes to any given corporation, rather than being the brilliance or agency of a given CEO of course the it's a complex it's a complex topic, but luck tends it actually means circumstances. You don't know how many people are taking advantage of circumstances versus versus getting lucky to be amidst the circumstances. That's a really complicated question. But whatever the case, it's not the way that it's presented that all these corporations they just pop up out of nowhere and then there are a bunch of these authoritarian kings who get to do whatever they want with their corporation. That's not how it works. Obviously if it starts faltering, they take the fall. You know, a lot of times tossed out by the board of directors before they can even get to the end of it and corporations die all the time. The only question when it comes to this is what is the most efficient way for a business to run? What's the best way to do it so that they can be the most innovative, the most efficient and produce the best for society so that we all benefit? That's the question. That's not the question that this guy is asking. The question this guy is asking is how do we make corporations more democratic without having any interest in whether or how it's going to do better? than capitalism does when it comes to figuring out what's best and the best way to use resources. If I had all the components, all the things that go into the crafting of an iPhone, you know, just sitting in front of me, not put together, and I'm trying to figure out how much they're worth and what I could do with them, I would have nothing to do with them. I mean, I'd sweep them aside and go look for something to eat. There's there's nothing that I'd be able to do with that. And yet, because of the engine that we've had functioning that, you know, historically had all these ideas about competition and industry and work ethic. Like all those engines work together to try to, to get us somewhere. So you can whine about it all you want. You can whine all you want about the janitor not get, getting to make decisions about what new market to break into. But I am perfectly fine with that situation. And with a limited amount of time and a limited amount of resources, we have to do the best that we can just because there isn't some perfect utopian distribution of food because, uh, you know, a bunch of other countries have no infrastructure because because they haven't been... <laughs> effectively capitalists were for long, or because uh, given people who have plenty opportunity don't make the effort or because they don't have the intelligence or wherewithal, or they're ignorant by virtue of birth or circumstance, whatever the case. I mean, pointing at the spillage and saying that some other mass system would do much better despite its myriad failings and its philosophical lunacy. uh, It's just it's frustrating, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. There are so many things that are going on with this this idea, this question of capitalism versus socialism, it's really disheartening. But I like I understand psychologically because the kids, what are they going to do? They have to rebel against something. <laughs> you know, what are they going to rebel against? Uh, they just take the, whatever the prevailing wisdom is and say it's wrong. And and that's I know because I'm special. Look how special and educated I am. Uh, because if they just accepted everything, what the hell was the point of them getting educated anyway? So they'll do this, you know, for a few years, uh, uh, give it... You know, seven to ten years that they'll be like, oh, no, socialism and liberal ideas. And then they'll realize that there's a real world out there, uh, apart from whatever their ego tells them. There's a real world out there, and it's much more complicated than you thought. And then they'll realize (laughs) until we have robot overlords, until Skynet takes over and really understands this stuff way better than a free market could. And then we still have to be, you know, worried about being rounded up and just ground mulcher uses batteries but until that day until we have a perfect third party objective arbiter of what is true and what is not gonna figure our economy out for us then no absolutely not uh no freaking government bureaucrats especially who are beholden to an electorate who's completely oblivious and ignorant and they're on a like a two-year election cycle or, or whatever your system would be no you don't get to have your hand in everything and and pretend to figure stuff out and just blame the opposition party when it doesn't work out no 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 go away go to a different country uh and leave it at that okay well this is the last coffeehouse thanks for letting me rant about about the beast that is socialism i was taken in by the communist manifesto when i was a youth as well i think it's a rite of passage to, to get to the point where you just start figuring stuff out anyway again thanks for listening this is the last coffee house I hope all is well okay bye